All right. What's going on, everybody? Uh, here's another episode of Cosplay Bites, the show that's all about cosplay, convention news, and all sorts of other nerdy topics. Um, so for this special episode, I have with me the host of fellow cosplay podcast, uh, Cospod. I've got Amber and Valerie over here. How are you doing? We're good. Thanks for having us. No problem. Yeah. So, yeah, the way this came about was that um, I was on their little uh, roundtable discussion that they had. Uh, it was last week, and that'll be up, I think, within another week. So mm-hmm. definitely look forward to that. Um, but before we jump into what I wanted to talk about for today, um, this is just housekeeping stuff uh you guys can listen to cosplay bites on a number of platforms i'm trying to stick it to all main ones but it's available on anchor uh google podcast apple podcast and spotify and if you guys rate and review the show that would help a lot um yeah and then over on my blog lightning palace um you can take a look at some of the latest posts that I had from this past week, such as features on uh, Azura Cosplay's Score Bunny, uh, League of Larty's Pajama Guardian Soraka, and an upcoming I have write-ups on Azulet's Kami and Yaya Han's uh, Misato from uh, Evangelion. And, oh, before just to get this out of the way also... Um, Shout out to my patrons over on Patreon. I got uh, Coralia Jade, Katyuska Moonfox, Mink the Seder, Nicole Marie Jean, Noah, uh, Shaylin, and Oh My Sophie. So that takes care of all of that. So, um, yeah, you just get into it. Um, just to double check, are you guys all good? Like mics are working and everything. I think so. <laughs> okay. Best of my knowledge. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Um, so, from what I learned, like af- after we did the roundtable, I looked, I did a little poking around your website. So, uh, yeah, you girls have been doing this for a while. Like, I counted like eight seasons worth of stuff. <laughs> yeah, we're actually in the process of wrapping up our eighth season pretty soon, and we're getting close to 200 episodes. We've been on the air for almost eight years, and that's kind of oh crazy gosh. to think about. So we're we're definitely the longest-running cosplay-oriented podcast out there by leaps and bounds. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, and actually, Amber is the one who first came up with the idea. It was an accident, I swear. (laughs) (laughs) I actually didn't even want to like be on the podcast. I wanted something I could listen to because back in the day when we were much younger and cosplay wasn't as much of a thing, there weren't really very many cosplay podcasts or any sort of serial shows to listen to that had things like tutorials or interviews or anything else for those who were really interested in cosplay and i was like hey there's this really awesome cosplayer she's really accomplished i should interview her and kick off the show and yeah it kind of happened from there (laughs) (laughs) yeah so 
obviously, aside from running the podcast, you're also both well, well, you're veterans of the cosplay community. So uh, when did you uh, both get started? Uh, for me, I started about almost 11 years ago. Um, I went to uh, Project Acon, which is a convention that's based in Texas, and it's one of the oldest running anime conventions in the country. Um, and when I went in, I saw people dressed up and I had no clue what was going on, what they were doing. I was mystified by it. So I asked someone who was in a Sailor Moon outfit and I was like, hey, are you like here promoting something? Are you like working a booth? And she was like, no, this is called cosplay. And she told me everything about her outfit, where she got it from, what she made it from. And at that point, I was like, I need to make something for myself. I, I want to do this just to try it out. And I've never looked back ever since. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So I'm a cosplay elder. I've actually been cosplaying since I was 16 because I am a Rennie. And Renaissance Fair peeps also really, really enjoy cosplay, even though they don't call it that. That they do, they yeah. Yep. So I've actually been cosplaying for almost 20 years now oh wow yeah that's a long time <laughs> um any uh favorite cosplay that you had to pick out of your creation closet so to speak Ooh, that's or, an excellent um, excellent question because that's a hard question <laughs> that always that always seemed to is like most most cosplayers, when I ask that, they're like, you're making, it's like I'm choosing between children. Why mm -hmm. would you do this? <laughs> well, you kind of are choosing between children. If your cosplays, you know, take that much work and effort, it basically becomes like your child. It yeah. really does. And actually, yesterday, I was in the process of cleaning out one of my closets so I could make room for more costumes. And it is just officially the cosplay closet. I don't keep anything else but cosplay in there. <laughs> yeah. Um... I guess for me, it's kind of a toss up and they're both Final Fantasy costumes because I love Final Fantasy. Um, one, they're both from Final Fantasy XIV. Um, one of them is an NPC character called Kane Sena and I'm happy about that costume because of the technical difficulty with it. And every time I wear it, I always feel like the character. That's good. Um, the other one is a songbird outfit that's also from the game. It's not from an NPC, but it's one of the outfits you can wear. Um, and it's kind of an idol costume. And that okay. one to me was a huge challenge. And I had to get over a lot of mental blocks to make that thing. And it made me appreciate everyone else who makes and wears idol costumes because those things are a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. I have nothing <laughs> but appreciation for all the men and women who wear idol costumes. But when I made it and when I wear it, I can understand the appeal. It makes you feel like a superstar. Yeah. Probably those two. That may change in like a month. <laughs> okay. All right. So my favorite is actually really easy. It is my Sky Sorceress that I recently made. And it's because it is not only my cleanest work, but it's the first time I actually worked with bling. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to take a costume and make it 20% cooler and just add things that are shiny to it. And yeah. sometimes that's very enjoyable, as I have found. It is. There's a zen to just throwing a bunch of shiny stuff onto a costume. <laughs> all the glitter, all the jewelry. All of it. <laughs> there is a ton of jewelry on that thing. I'm actually yeah. afraid of like losing pieces of it. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, that brings a whole other layer to outfits, especially when you just you're putting it on. And I know I ran into this a lot when I brought outfits because it just always you always seem to forget one thing. It just seems to happen. Like you 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 triple check, you double check your packages and all your suitcases, and you get to the con and you you're putting on the outfit, and then you're looking at yourself. It's like then the sudden realization that you dread all over your face and oh my gosh <laughs> can i just say that's one of my ultimate cosplay nightmares that i constantly have whenever it comes to con time crunch time mm -hmm. i always have nightmares about forgetting pieces of my cosplay and it's always crucial pieces it's never just like a small piece that I could do with that right oh, yeah. it's not like here's an accessory it's like oh I, I forgot the ring that's okay <laughs> Right. <laughs> nah. This is why I've become super paranoid and I always make a list and I get made fun of for this, but you know what? I have never forgotten anything ever since I started making lists. That's true. Yeah. So, meh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so what goes into, I know, between both of our shows, we all have our little process of you know, recording it and uh, making the episode. So, like, what for you, what goes into, like, producing an episode of CosPod? That's entirely a Val question. She <laughs> 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 is the producer. Yep, I right. kind of become the producer of the show. Um, a lot of it starts with um, trying to come up with the outline to figure out what our main topic is going to be. And ensuring that we have enough variety throughout the season to give a little bit of everything. Um, so I'll go through our episode list, see the things that we've done recently, um, go through a list of topics that we've come up with that will probably mesh in well, um, send it off to Amber. And then if we have any changes that we need to make, we make those changes. Um, we hop onto Google Hangout so we can have live interaction with our audience while we record the episode. Then I do the editing and a week later, it magically appears on our website. It, it's pretty straightforward process. And I think it's because we've been doing this for so long. We've kind of become adept to it. Yeah. Right. Our first episodes, they oh. are not anywhere close and <laughs> smooth. Even, you know, your show is, you know, completely smooth like silk compared to some of our earliest. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, there's a huge difference because initially we started out doing it in person together where it'd be the two of us, like either standing or at a table talking to the camera. And it just it got really, yeah, <laughs> it got really <laughs> awkward really quickly. Oh, boy. We, even, we had our uh, topics written out by hand on a piece of poster board that was taped to a wall that was opposite us right behind the camera, almost like a, a very early manual teleprompter. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> it was the only way we could stay on track. And I remember those first couple of episodes, I kept thinking in the back of my head was, why did I suggest we do this with video? This was a dumb idea. We could have just done this with audio. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but yeah, over the years, once we've kind of figured out what our process was going to be, how we fine tuned it, and it seems like it's much smoother now compared to how it was. That's good. That's, that's good. <laughs> it's easier to edit, easier to manage, which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> and there's still plenty to talk about, even after eight years yeah. of cosplay, where, you know, as you've talked about on your show and gone through, as you see and uh, evaluate people's cosplays, there's a ton of things that have changed in the world right. of cosplay. So there's always plenty to cover. 
Yeah, and even still, like, you know, I started this a year. Why did I hesitate? A year. I started this a year ago <laughs> after <laughs> after Katsukon, and, like, yeah, like, would I still want to cover Katsukon, like, as an episode for my show? Of course, because, like, I don't think the venue's ever going to change, but, I mean, the cosplays, the trends do, so mm-hmm. you just see a lot of people just gravitate toward different franchises it, it it just all depends on like what comes out in the media by the time next year rolls around same with like pax east it's like talk about it last year talk about it this year it's just a bunch of the games that have been coming out and like all the like the um, prevalence of indie developers and whatnot so yeah i don't think i'm gonna be running out of topics to cover anytime soon <laughs> That's kind of the nice thing, too, is that with cosplay, it's always fluid. It's always changing. There's always something new to learn. There's always new materials. It seems like every season we get something different to work with. And that in itself is also just fun, not only as hosts for our podcast, but just as cosplayers ourselves. Is You know, the first time I got to try foam clay, I was completely mesmerized by it. I was like, oh, we need more stuff like this. I need more things like this. And it comes out, it's new content all the time that we can always utilize. Yeah. And there's a ton of new cosplayers every year too. The mm-hmm. up and comers that have all of these new takes and innovations on cosplay, new ways to use old materials. And there are really creative, talented people out there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, in my time cosplaying, I just distinctly remember like when Warble started to get really big and popular mm-hmm. through uh Kamui cosplay using it and yaya bringing it over yeah i just remember ordering from <laughs> ordering from cosplaysupplies.com and getting that in and working with it for some of my armor builds and then black warbler came along with all its much more smoothness and material and yeah it's crazy now you got this um hd foam from uh Stephen K. Smith uh, props that he developed, and it's just crazy. They've got transparent warbler now, too. Yeah. Some cosplayers have used that, and then um, they dyed it certain colors so that it kind of eliminates the process of painting. Mm -hmm. Yep, you can make it light up, too. Oh, boy. As more lights, more sound, more bling, more, more shiny yeah. things, more shiny thing to put on your outfits. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So this is another probably choosing between children kind of question, <laughs> but uh, all right. I'm not gonna say if you had to pick a couple of episodes of your show that were really memorable or like really your favorites, if you had to pick. Usually the After Dark's pretty funny. Yeah, our After Darks are really, really hilarious. And our After Dark episodes are usually um, for, we've reserved those for Halloween. So that's kind of like our, we can talk about anything, say anything episodes. Even though we say that, we still tend to keep it kind of (laughs) PG. Yeah, that's fair. Those are our uncensored episodes for those who don't know. We tend to uh, let a little more loose with our language and our topics, so they're considered not safe for work, whereas normally our podcast is pretty darn family friendly. Yeah. For I mean, me, this is this is a no-brainer for me on this one. It's uh, when we made the duct tape uh-oh. dummy for Amber. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was, that was it was probably the most 
fun I had because we were being silly the entire time. And we were being informative too, but it was just silliness. Duct I was tape dummy? Yeah. yeah. All right, what's, what's that about? <laughs> so I needed a dress form made of myself because I have somewhat awkward body proportions compared to commercial body forms. And I was like, hey, let's do this for the audience. Val, here, you can wrap me up in duct tape and then we'll stuff it and make a dress form of myself. And all I remember thinking as she was wrapping me up in the duct tape is, oh, please don't cut any of my hair off. <laughs> I'm very careful with scissors. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's man. just one of those things where, yes, I had trust, but I also really didn't want to lose any hair. <laughs> I think we were both giggling the whole time. <laughs> Which also makes it harder to cut. It does. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, I, I just remember, it was one of our earlier episodes, too. So it wasn't like yes. it was fancy or fantastic, but I think it was one of the ones where we were starting to make that transition and it was the quality was getting better. So it's still good to watch. <laughs> All right. I think my, my favorite episode is actually probably episode 100. We had our really big milestone. We didn't even think we would ever hit 100 episodes, let alone mm -hmm. we're about to hit 200 episodes uh, this Halloween, actually. But seeing all of the videos and remembrances that the fans posted to us honestly made both of us cry. Like, yeah. straight up tears down the face. Like, how we touched all of these lives. And for as much as people were like you've touched our lives like our audience has sincerely touched ours even more than that and it's kind of hard to express sometimes so mm -hmm. just seeing that just really warmed our hearts and it was very touching yeah it, it's super sweet and just touching anytime somebody comes to us up at a convention and says oh my god i listened to you and my usual response is why <laughs> <laughs> it's like I can't believe you are listening to us. We're just two goobers talking about cosplay, and it it just always brings a smile to my face. It it it's really hard to describe it, like Amber said. <laughs> no, I I can feel that because it's definitely also a giant motivator, especially when in, for me, like I've had certain days where I just haven't struggled, uh, just getting guests on board and just trying to plan things with them but then just like i got a couple of like local friends who say that they listen to the show and that like oh dude you you got you really have something here like keep it up like your voice is really good for radio like keep this going <laughs> like oh my gosh thank you yeah it just takes that little bit of motivation to keep you going yeah so has both of you as a show have you guested at conventions before? We've actually guested as a show. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Yes, we have actually been at two different cons as a show. Uh, we were at GlitchCon as a guest a few years ago. And we were also at a local convention called Seacon, which was a local comic convention as a show as well. And that was really awesome since... Uh, a lot of the younger kids were getting into cosplay. It was more of a kid-friendly convention. And right. it was really cool to see all of the superheroes out in force. And they were <laughs> just having a blast. The best yeah. part of conventions is being able to interact with all the guests and see them in cosplay and see them get just as excited as we do. Mm -hmm. Right. So what's that like? Um, like 
do you guys like get signed up for um like submitting panels or do like live recording from the convention itself or we have not done a live recording yet. We we sometimes think about it, but then we're never too sure about the technical logistics because sometimes things don't work. There may be an issue with Wi-Fi. So it's always kind of spotty. Oh, yeah. Um, but usually what happens is the convention coordinators will contact us through our email since all of our info is kind of spattered everywhere for CosPod. Um, and they say, hey, we have this guesting opportunity. We'd like to bring you along. Here's what we can provide you. Um, and usually they ask us to host a panel or two. Um, I think at GlitchCon, we ended up doing three panels, one together and then one each separately, if I remember correctly. Yep. Yeah. And then at CCon, we hosted a panel together and then I was on a discussion panel afterwards. Um, and then sometimes, like depending on the size of the convention, because we're also cosplayers, they may ask us to also assist with helping with their judging for cosplay contests. So that's okay. kind of nice, too. Huh. That's pretty sweet um okay hmm, let's see here um yeah i think i covered like some of the just basic stuff i wanted to talk about with you guys um yeah i guess we can move on to the next part i have here um now it's labeled franchise design slash teacher techniques so what i'm thinking is that Maybe both of you can go through one interesting uh, technique or thing that you learned in one of your recent outfits. Now the thinking. <laughs> now, the, now the thinking. Heavy now loaded thinking. question. It I is. Have, um, I'll, if you don't mind, Val, I can go while you think of yours. Oh, yeah, go for it. If you already know, you are free yes. to start. Yeah, go for <laughs> yes. it. Since with my Sky Sorceress, uh, if you guys have seen uh, in-progress shots of that costume, you can see that it uses a ton of puffy paint. Something that I actually found out recently that you can do is almost faux embroidery. And what you do is you sketch out a design on your piece of fabric and you put puffy paint over it. And you can choose pretty much any color of puffy paint but it helps if you do it in the same color that you want your finished design to be in. And then what you do is you take a good hand needle, probably a sharp needle and thread, and then you stitch over the puffy paint so that it gives it a sort of raised appearance. Now, this is a very slow process, so please have a marathon of your favorite show or two or three ready. this. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's nowhere near as fast as a machine can embroider, of course. But if you don't have two, three hundred dollars to pay for a machine embroidery, then you can always do it this way, and it actually looks really cool, and it's sturdy, which is also a wonderful thing in the world of cosplay because it means it won't break as soon as you sit down. So Amen I to that. that was really cool. <laughs> you got okay. something, Val? I think I do, because this is something that very few people will ever run into. But when you run into this problem, you will now know the answer to it. Um, with my Kane Sena costume, uh, that one is velvet on top of velvet applique. Velvet on top of velvet is the worst two things you could possibly do to make applique happen. Because with velvet, if you're not careful with your stitching, it can make the pile really tough. Um, and sometimes it'll actually take off some of that pile. So it looks like you got bare spots on your velvet. It, it's really difficult to work with when you're trying to do that many tiny little stitches. So that way everything looks nice and neat and clean. 
So you can't really like heat and bond the two stuff together. You really don't want to hot glue things together because then that's just going to make a big old mess and make all of the velvet flat. Plus you have the potential of it falling off with heat. So sticking the two together is really, really difficult and does require sewing. I know most people hand sew that stuff, but it's very challenging to keep it all nice and tightly knit. So I did an experiment and I figured out that if you attach the two together, like velvet on top of velvet with tacky glue, because it's clean, it dries clear. If you get a little bit off the side on accident, you can easily wash it out with a little bit of water. And it surprisingly sticks together really, really nicely. So huh. nicely that you can then take that applique, move it under your sewing machine and slowly do your stitches. So that's nice, tight and neat and clean. And you'll be fine. Wow. And I was just like, this is like the most miracle thing I have ever figured out in my life because <laughs> doing that type of stitching by hand is incredibly tedious and very, very slow. And I really wanted to do it with a machine so I wouldn't waste my life doing this. <laughs> right. So right. I was happy to see that I could make a stabilizer using tacky glue. And tacky glue was my savior for that costume. <laughs> Side note, please do not hot glue velvet together. Please don't use hot glue on your costume unless it's like on like plastics. Don't use it on fabric. <laughs> you break yeah. our hearts. <laughs> yeah. Oops. I did. <laughs> I think everyone has at some point or at another. one point. Yeah. It, it's kind of the mark of as you're learning cosplaying, you, you do these early things and then you look back and you're like, oh, that was a bad idea. Whoops. And yeah. we're not knocking hot glue as a material. Hot glue oh, is no. amazing, just maybe not so much on fabric. Please don't use it on fabric. <laughs> it's fine if it's like a life-saving thing and you have no other choice, mm -hmm. I guess. It's like if you're in an emergency and you're about to go across the stage for a cosplay contest and something fell off, but someone's like, hey, I've got hot glue and you're okay with it, like, bring on the hot glue. Let's go. All right, right. I think I... I did that because I did a Meta Nikajinka one, the full-on purple cape, and I bought some bias tape, uh, yellow bias tape for his trim. And, I mean, I didn't know any better. So I was like, yeah, hot glue, let's do that. <laughs> I mean, there are, like, blotches of hot glue that, like, seep through mm -hmm. on top of the thing. And I didn't care. It hey. was it was it's really... not like you're fun with it. I mean, so it's really like it. At the end of the day, it's your costume, and you do what you want with it. If you're having fun, you're having fun. Yeah, and it's funny because I remember because I had the purple cape with the yellow tape on it, and then I had to draw his symbol on the back of the cape. I did it with paint, but little did I know, because I did this in my house on top of a table, but. Like, whenever I do stuff like that with painting, I always put newspaper to, like, protect the cloth. Mm -hmm. I did the painting. It's all done. And then the newspaper got stuck. And it was, ended up being, like, attached to the fabric. Yep. The I good news that. is, I mean, this was the inside of the cape, so no one knew. <laughs> <laughs> We've both done that. <laughs> yep. I can hide my shame. <laughs> Oh, man. Incidentally, if that ever happens to anybody else, you can actually, once the paint has set, you can use water and simply soak the newspaper off and the paint will remain as long as it is not water-based. Oh, man, a future tip. The paper will pretty much just dissolve away. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, 
as far as franchise design goes, so that's mainly um, me asking the two of you. I mean, I haven't really asked as much in some of my episodes because usually the uh, teacher technique um, is a good enough, like takes up a good portion of time. But um, if you both had to choose one type of like franchise that had just had just amazing like costume design or it's just something that speaks to you that you like really want to make an outfit out of it. Or maybe you have, um, what would you have to pick? Cause I know for me, it would have to go to final fantasy. Like despite, um, the obsession with zippers and belts and <laughs> all the crazy stuff. I, some of the designs are just like really, really awesome. Yeah. Mine hand down final fantasy. <laughs> I think that's pretty much all I'm known for at this point is Final Fantasy costumes. My very first costume was the Red Mage artifact armor from Final Fantasy XI, which was a really poor decision Ooh. because that's a very difficult costume to make. Um, oh, gosh. And I one day I'll remake it because that thing was atrocious. But it seems like every single year I have at least one or two Final Fantasy costumes that I make. And I think the only game that I haven't made a costume from um seven nine nine's been on a hold i want to make one but it keeps waffling uh 12 and 13. really i'm shocked at seven i'm not it, it's really funny is I, i'm not a big fan of seven i love tifa lockhart like she's my favorite character out of the entire series i just don't like the game very much oh yeah i know that's controversial and controversial I like Oh, it's way better more controversial oh my gosh eight is way better just saying <laughs> but yeah, yeah it, it's just there's just something about final fantasy and it it's always been a favorite of mine since i was a kid i i was one of the few that actually got started with like the original game in japanese and i had a friend help me translate while we oh were playing gosh. yeah <laughs> i mean and i've been obsessed with that franchise since the beginning and I love the characters. I love the stories. I love how it. there's always something amazing and over the top that happens. Um, 14 in particular has been my most recent obsession because of just how unique all of the designs are. Um, they're very, very detailed. I love that you can go into the game and you can see seam lines. Most video games, you don't get to see that. <laughs> you just have yeah. to assume where things are cut and stitched together. But here you, like, you can see the closures. You can see all the details. You can kind of zoom in and you have a general idea of what fabrics they're using. And I think that's uber cool. Um, it's gotten to the point of when I take commissions, like 90% of my commissions are Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> 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 I've kind of made a name for myself just making these costumes. And I get a blast out of doing every single one of them. So if I could just do nothing but Final Fantasy costumes for the rest of my life, I would be 100% okay with that. <laughs> so uh, what do you think of what you've seen for the Seven's remake? Oh, they're going to milk that cow until they're all dead. <laughs> that, yeah. I, I'm not going to even bother buying it because this is only one episode. This is not the whole thing. I'm it's just not. Gonna, no. Uh, yeah. I'm going to wait until all of it's been released oh. and it's all got one compilation. And then that compilation is down to $29.99. Then I'll get it. <laughs> yeah. They're probably going to. It's the original game. Was that three discs? It was three discs. Yeah, they're probably going to do it like that. 
because supposedly the first game ends right at the end of disc one. So, yeah. It looks shiny. That's about all I got for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was going to say, like, you'd never cosplayed from Seven before. So nope. uh, did any, any none of the new designs speak to you, like Tifa's redesign? or Her redesign is really nice. And I think just, like, the little touches that they did to the characters was quite good. Um, I appreciate all the additional details with, like, the accessories on all of the characters. Like, because even Barrett's wearing some different necklaces. Cloud's got on some different bracelets and charms. Um, so I like those little touches that they added in to kind of make the characters come more to life compared to their blocky version from the PS1. <laughs> right. <laughs> what about you, Amber? So I've been really kind of hooked on the character designs of Fire Emblem lately. Oh, they have gosh. Great <laughs> costume designs and great character designs to go with it. If I had unlimited patience, I would say Clamp. <laughs> oh okay but it's one of those things where i look at it and it's just like that would take me a lifetime to make that one costume i don't know if i have the patience to sit down and do it let's do something that takes just a little bit less time and a little bit less effort yeah let's go with fire <laughs> <laughs> i love shiny right. but there's something to be said for comfort and my ability to make them in a timely manner Yep. Always a factor. And Clamp Always is definitely factor. one of those where it becomes a time factor. It's kind of like Sakizo level of craftsmanship where you're oh, just God. like, what else can we throw on these outfits? <laughs> yeah. Or like a Zach Fisher designed. How many mm -hmm. spikes how many spikes can I put on this thing? The more the <laughs> merrier. And I enjoy torturing cosplayers. <laughs> it's always nice to look at. Maybe just not quite as nice to make. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I know he keeps... I keep seeing Zach mention online about his next project for BlizzCon. Like his next big group roping in cosplayers. And I'm just like, oh, this is going to be fun to look at. <laughs> Probably not fun to make, but yeah. It's always fun to look at it. Yep. All right. Um, any other info or topic you girls want to touch upon? Or just wanted to say we are excited for Halloween coming. Up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Halloween's our favorite time of year. It's my favorite holiday. Oh, okay. It's the cosplayers' holiday, except that we can't decide what to wear because we cosplay every other day, except Halloween, which is the one day that we can't decide which of our cosplays we want to take with us. So then just some say, oh, that's my day off. That <laughs> <laughs> is myself. There you go. Yeah, this is my normal costume for the day. <laughs> <laughs> well, the hard part is, like, especially with Halloween and being cosplayers, is that we usually do these things from geeky things, like, that people don't really associate with. I mean with the exception of superheroes, now that that's been more mainstream lately, or Star Wars, because you can just say, oh, you're from Star Wars, regardless of what the character is. Like, nobody's going to know that I'm this anime character from Evangelion. They don't know that. <laughs> no. So it's just a live action movie comes out. Right? So it's just a matter of trying to find things to wear that people will recognize so you don't feel like the odd potato. Right. Right. <laughs> But there's something well, to be said for, you know, cosplaying for candy. Right? Yeah. 
you're just yeah. doing it for the candy, man. If you want candy, come to my house and anything Star Wars, you'll get two handfuls. <laughs> <laughs> to guarantee. All right, kids, listen up. Go to Valerie's house. <laughs> Dress up a Star Wars character on Halloween. And I give out good candy. You got three months. Get ready. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of time. Plenty of time. It's just All enough right. time to make one cosplay. Exactly. I know. I know. <laughs> Go to the store and buy something quick. I am totally okay with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Well, I guess we could wrap this up. Um. Yeah. Thank you, girls, both so much for being on my show and letting me be on yours. It was really fun, and I hope you girls had fun too. We did. Thank you so much for having us. This has been a blast. Yeah, oh. we really appreciate it. Great. Great. Talking shop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yep. Yep. Same here. Um, so if they want to find uh, Cospod and like listen to it, where can they go? So there's all sorts of places. Uh, I guess I will take this since I'm usually the person that goes, you can find us on any of our social media. Which you can find <laughs> so you can find us primarily on Cospod.org. That is our main website. It's also where you can find links to all of our social media if you want to interact with us. We've also got links to our YouTube channel where you will find not only episodes of our show, but all sorts of panels and videos that we have recorded from other conventions when we have served as press. So that way you don't only hear from us, but you hear perspectives from all these other cosplayers who have some really awesome things to teach us. So again, that is cospod.org. You can also just Google us cospod. I'm pretty sure we're almost the entire first page of results. I think we are. <laughs> nice. Well, I mean, if they watch this YouTube video, they're going to see the cospod logo. So yes, they'll find it one way or another. <laughs> <laughs> we are and... visible on the internet. <laughs> and you can find me on Cosplay Bites. Um, again, it's available on all of the Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. Um, and there's also my blog, Lightning Palace, um, the lightningpalace.blogspot.com, and at Lightning Palace on Twitter and Lightning Palace blog on Instagram. Oh, and there's also uh, the new Facebook page I created for the show. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye.